0: Hello and welcome to the HPP podcast. This is your host, Arden Castle. Today and each week in December of 2021, I will be sharing some of my favorite moments with you all. And these have been selected based off of moments that I maybe didn't necessarily see coming or just felt like a really heartwarming moment. These are just a few of my favorites and I'm sure you all have your favorite moments as well. So sit back, relax, and we're gonna dive right into some of my favorite moments Within the HPP podcast's first year. This week's snippet comes from episode 15, Exploring Arts and Public Health, with Dr. Jill Sonke, Dr. Sandra Galea, Dr. Maria Jackson, Sunila Yangar, and David Leventhal. The piece that I'll be sharing is where Dr. Maria Jackson discusses the idea of cultural kitchens. Please enjoy. The idea of cultural
1: kitchens, you know, it came out of many years ago, I was asked to do a book chapter in a book about race and cities really. And there were sections on everything that you might imagine, housing, environment, et cetera. There was only one section on arts and culture and and I wrote it. And it occurred to me that politicians and people whose official charge it is to steward a place often brag about the diversity of a place. And they do so by lifting up where we all come together and celebrate that, you know, some cultural commons or a communal table or something like that. And that is touted often as a virtue of a city. And there are even, I think, quality of life claims that come with living in diverse places and the benefits of them. And perhaps even in thinking about public health as we continue to evolve our understanding of environmental impacts on public health outcomes, the notion of living in diverse places may come up. And it occurs to me that I'm a planner, as people in urban planning and in community development think about cities and we celebrate the places where all of this can come together in some kind of harmony and we're able to have these cultural exchanges that we don't really pay attention to what it takes to have that. And we celebrate the table, but we don't pay attention to the kitchens where whatever it is that we bring must be prepared. And it occurs to me that if we don't have kitchens, we can't participate really. We can't authentically deliver the gift, the thing that we want to share, that we should be sharing. We don't have the mechanism or the means to do that. So I think that healthy places have these cultural kitchens, these places where, particularly for groups that Come out of experience of historic marginalization, these places of repair where you go to tend to the violence that is often done to a cultural root when your language is stripped away or you're discouraged from expressing yourself in ways that have generational significance for you. So when these places exist, these cultural kitchens, so they are places of reclamation as much as they are places of imagination. But it is these these bold and safe spaces that are not always porous, open to everyone, but they're necessary. And if we really are going to have this diversity that we say we value, this table that we're all supposed to come to, we have to think about where does that culture get made? Where do people reckon with who it is that they want to be in this communal space and what it is that they have to deliver? There are places of healing and repair and they are often intimate spaces, as I said before, that aren't always porous. So developing the genuine relationships and trust that allow invitation into those spaces seems really important. And there's no add water and stir way of creating the kinds of relationships that I think are the most powerful. The kind of relationships that would invite people who are in the health field into dialogue or into conversation with folks that care about well-being. So I think that there's the care to not be extractive, the care to come in respectful and recognizing that there are multiple worldviews, that there are different ways of seeing something, and that there's actually something generative in negotiating those different ways of seeing I think that's the kind of skill set that I wonder about not just even in the public health field but how we're training next generation of professionals in the various fields that converge potentially. You know, are we equipping them to enter into spaces and be respectful and even curious about multiple worldviews? Because I think for the best work to happen in public health and other fields, that has to be part of the equation. It has to do with our appetite for stretching beyond what we typically understand as rigor, what we understand as the appointed best way of doing research and doing evaluation And when you have a confluence of fields, there's gotta be some give. And there's gotta be a willingness to unsettle our orthodoxies about how we've always done things and what counts and how we count. So I think about, you know, David taking the the cultural kitchens metaphor further and, and saying, you know, we want kitchens, not vending machines. And it's an important idea and the notion of disaggregating, which makes a lot of sense in order to understand how something really works. But the disaggregating sometimes loses the focus on the alchemy that is the thing, right? That's the thing. And if we keep taking it apart and not putting it back together without fully understanding what happens when you put it back together, we missed it.
0: Once again, this wonderful piece was by Dr. Maria Jackson from Episode 15, Exploring Arts in Public Health with Dr. Jill Sonke, Dr. Sandra Galea, Dr. Maria Jackson, Sunil Yangar, and David Leventhal. Her contribution to this episode discusses centering the margins, training the next generation of professionals, and appreciating the non-porous quality of some cultural kitchens. I am so excited to share that there are other episodes from the HPP podcast this year that share these same themes, and I will definitely link them in the episode description. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the HPP podcast. If you enjoyed this content, let us know by tagging us or responding to our promotions on Twitter and LinkedIn. As the HPP podcast editor, I'd love to hear what your favorite moments were from the HPP podcast in our very first year ever. As always, you can find out more about the Health Promotion Practice Journal from Sage or Sophie's websites, and all of the links and corresponding episodes can be found at the podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash health dash promotion dash practice. Take care and have a great day.